You're listening to Citizen Reporter number 433 for the 24th of October 2012. My whole life now is is this revolution. Even though I'm not in the streets, even though I'm not not that active, it's it's on my mind all the time. But we are in the process of making something completely new, and perhaps it's going to take 50 years. Perhaps it's going to take 100 years. We're starting, and that in itself is a success. Hello, everyone. And right now, on the phone, actually,、uh, through the traditional telephone, I'm speaking with、uh, Hannah Youssef in Paris.、Uh, hi, Hannah. Hello, Mark.、Um, so, Hannah and I, dear audience,、uh, we have spoken before, and we've been talking about the upcoming project to to go and do this radio series, speaking with artists in Egypt and Tunisia, and、um, which is. Great, but I also wanted to speak to you in a podcast. I want people to be able to listen along with this process of getting ready. And you're, I think, a very interesting person to speak with、um, for many reasons. But let me pick on your your background and experience in this case.、Um, first of all, you you have a lot to do with Egypt,、uh, from what I gather,、um, starting with your actual family story. So. Just a little for the people listening.、Um, you have one parent who's Egyptian and and one parent who's Norwegian. I mean, explain that a little.、Um, well, yes, my my father's Egyptian and、uh, my mother's Norwegian. They、uh, I grew up in Egypt、uh, until I was sixteen years old, and then I moved a bit around the, the world.、Uh, but my heart is still in Egypt, so I'm following very closely what's happening there, and so on, and trying to do something from a distance. And having grown up in Egypt,、um, I mean, were you always very aware of? I mean, I suppose as a child, not, but but I'm thinking more of those teenager years.、Uh, how old were you when you left? I left when I was sixteen. Sixteen, yeah. I mean, how aware were you of the things going on around you, especially you know, social situation,、uh, the good, the bad. Um, I'm. I come from a family that's quite interested in in society and in politics. So we're, we've always been talking about it,、uh, you know, around the dinner table and so on. And、um, I, but in general, unless you really don't want to see it, it's very difficult in Egypt to not be aware of the social problems and the social inequality, because you can't really you can't really walk down the street without seeing the inequality around you. It's it's a, in my opinion a very class based society. Uh, you can really see the difference between the classes and the way people live, the way people speak, what they eat, what they wear. It, you can really see it. So, unless you want to live in a bubble, you can't miss it.、Uh, mm. For example, I, my school was a bit outside of town. Driving there, we drive through different、uh, in,、um, like areas of, of, of Cairo or of Giza, actually, and、uh, you drive into the countryside and. You can't not notice the the difference in the way people live.、Uh, you can also not 
when you start to get older, you can also not notice the corruption that's everywhere. I mean, just getting your papers, uh, you know, your passport or... Uh, I mean, I didn't have a driving license at the time. I was uh, I was too young, but there is... You can see it everywhere. So after you left Egypt and, and sort of, you know, the coming of age of, of Hannah, that, that all-important time between 16 and 20-something, I'd say, really, really shapes, at least for me, who, who we become, um, you stayed interested, you stayed active in in when it comes to what's going on in Egypt and, and caring and, and I, I suppose even talking about it. Uh, to be honest, I mean, I followed a bit, but it hasn't been the main my main uh, focus. I've been more focused on, on uh, as I said, Palestine and, and when the Iraq war came out and so on. And just in general, the, the inequality in the world, human rights abuses, inequality in the world. But after... It started in Tunisia, and after it started in Egypt, it, sort of my whole life changed, I, I would say. Uh, my whole life now is is this revolution. Even though I'm not in the streets, even though I'm not, not that active, it's it's on my mind all the time. It's on my friends all the, uh, minds all the time. I have a whole new group of friends that uh, we're all working together with this, and it's it's completely changed my way of uh, thinking of um, yeah of, of my interests um so to be so to conclude uh, i mean i wasn't that active uh before the revolution started when it comes to egypt so i'm sort of a beginner uh, there's uh, some of my friends who have been active all, all the time they they often have to uh teach me things i have to ask them what's the legal system like uh, who are these politicians and who is this intellectual and so on so I have so much to learn. <laughs> yeah, and and what sounds what it sounds like is that you don't get, you know, uh, socially punished or ignored for for not knowing some things that you, people are actually uh, open to to telling you, and and so that you absolutely, can absolutely. go forward. Hmm. I'm I'm guessing it depends which circles you're in, but uh, af yeah, after this all started, I, I um, there's a group of people here in France who just spontaneously went out into the street and uh, started demonstrating every day and and some of these people have continued to to form bonds and to become friends and and to work uh, sort of uh, organized as well we've organized different uh, associations and so on uh and there uh i have never ever been socially punished for for anything with these people uh mm. which are which is fantastic <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It seems like there's no hierarchy that says we're the real revolutionaries. You're a newcomer. Uh, no. Go away. <laughs> uh, no, and uh, yeah, what I wanted to say through then the social networking, I've got just uh, some contact with some of the the activists in Egypt, uh, who uh, some of them are quite known and very important people in in my opinion. And uh, even there, you can just send a, a you know a tweet and. Uh, they will answer you, and you can ask, uh, I'm sorry, I don't understand this, could you just explain? And then they'll spend some time explaining to you. And you start to make relationships. Some of the people, I have loads of friends, okay, not loads, but many friends, I've never met in person, but we're mm -hmm. becoming good friends, uh, sharing both uh, ideas, and also after a while becoming, you know, personal friends. And Because this time has been very, um, it's very emotional, uh, especially mm -hmm. for me, but it's really uh, everybody has to help each other get through it. So I might be down and lose all hope and say there's no there's no point. It's just there's too much inequality. There's too much evil. 
uh, and then a friend, whether I've met him or her in person or not, will then spend the time to to give me the moral support to get me back on my feet, and then perhaps a few weeks later they'll be down, and I'll be like, no, you know, there mm-hmm. is good, and and so on and so forth. Yeah, so, you pick each other up at, at those important times. Yeah. Do you do you look at it as, uh, especially right now, um, that? anything is possible and and I'll tell you why I say that um I spent a lot of time with a friend of mine here in Amsterdam who's from Tunisia and goes mm-hmm. back often and he nowadays is extremely worried and if you catch him on the average day he may actually be negative about the possibilities now in in his home country um mm-hmm. are do you look at it based on what you know what you observe as still anything is possible uh depending on what we do now I'll answer differently on different days as well. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I, w- I would have to say, um, I, I, I'd have to say that everything is possible. Um, but some things are uh, perhaps improbable or very, very, yes. very difficult. The, the odds are, are very, uh, it's, it's a very difficult situation. We have very many uh, enemies against this revolution oh, in Tunisia and in Egypt, uh, very many, very powerful enemies, and so perhaps we will not succeed. Uh, I, I, I've started to think more and more this way, or let, let, let's say it's been like this for a year. Perhaps we won't succeed, and then first it was uh, you go into depression, to be honest, and then you start to realize that you you have to be better at looking uh, at where you look to find uh, the successes of the revolution so if i'm in a in a spot you know in a day where i'm feeling um let's say strong <laughs> emotionally mm-hmm. strong or um, mentally strong is probably more correct i will be able to see those things like for example the way people speak to each other has changed not everybody of course but in some places the the young that are growing up are growing up perhaps with a bit more pride in uh, in themselves um perhaps not everybody but some and there's so many uh, amazing things that have happened so then i tell myself it, we are going to succeed but perhaps not in my lifetime and that puts you in another depression then you get out of it and you you sort of Perhaps the success is just the way that we live our lives now. I got into a mm. bit of a philosophical corner, but I think if we measure it, uh, definitely, if we measure it with elections and who is the president and the parliament and so on, I, I've stopped doing that because that's that's not really... Uh, the revolution is so much more than that. That's sort of... Uh, 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 parameters that are made and pressed upon us throughout the media and, and so on, I would say, uh, to make us believe that the end of the road is a parliament uh, and a democracy that, that resembles what we have in Europe, for example. But we are in the process of making something completely new. And perhaps it's going to take 50 years, perhaps it's going to take 100 years, but uh, we're starting, and that in itself is a success. Two years ago, I had no faith in Egypt, absolutely no faith. I said that it would, nothing would ever happen. It, no faith at all. And now I have some faith, sort of. I don't hmm. know if I answered your question. I, 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 well, I, I, I don't think there's one answer. You know, I ask a question that's very big, 
um, and and hard. And actually, I think you did a very good job of of just saying how you feel about it because that has a lot to do with it. How you feel today? Do you feel strong? Um, and and I think that there are people who lower expectations or raise expectations depending on how they're feeling. And and this can of course have a practical impact of, of what happens. Um, no, I, I think that's a good answer. Um, it's your answer, you know, good or not. <laughs> but I, I do, so, I do want to say, however, that I know very many people, uh, and it has included me in times of uh, two, of course, but that have become quite depressed, quite frustrated, quite uh, pessimistic. But then the thing in Egypt, though, it, it changes from one day to the other. It just suddenly, uh, both in the good sense and the bad sense. I, um, a week before the second round in the uh, presidential elections, uh, I, I don't remember the exact date, but there was a court case against uh, some of the biggest um, the internal how do you say the, the security forces, the leaders of the security forces, and so on. All yeah. the big henchmen of, of the Mubarak regime were all found not guilty for uh, mm -hmm. murdering uh, the, the thousands, uh, we don't know, let's say, at least a thousand of the, the protesters during the 18 days in January 2011. Mm -hmm. And just within the same day, Tahrir Square was full of people. Uh, it, there were millions on the street just in one day. And this lasted may, perhaps for a week, but this lasted, uh, the, the revolution was back, just like that. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's another thing that has changed, uh, at least I think, that people see something they don't like, they go out into the street. There's demonstrations everywhere. There's strikes everywhere. People, uh, and some of the demonstrations I agree with, some of them I don't, uh, but people are sort of like, I don't like this, I'm going to go out. There are yeah. demonstrations for, for, of course, a lot of political things against the... Uh, uh, unjust trials uh, against the the, 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 the the I don't know if I'd say hundreds, loads and loads of strikes, bus drivers, uh, workers, um, port workers, uh, and this is what gives me hope because the the, the sort of the the, the institutionalized uh, hmm. sort of progress, uh, of course, it's important, but I I don't that that is just too depressing. <laughs> But yeah. to see how uh, the people of Egypt are, you know, going into the streets, to see how some of my friends here, uh, my Egyptian friends here, who have uh, always loved Egypt and so on, but have never really, you know, done anything, uh, never perhaps uh, read so much history and so on, because they work so much and so on, are now uh, buying new books, reading about history and the discussions and... Um, back to back to what I said. Um, things change in one day from the other, from one day yeah. to the other. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I gather that from from what you say and and from what I've seen. Uh, you mentioned that the protest thing and the strikes, and it it is amazing to see a a protest culture <laughs> has yeah. been born uh, in in a very short amount of time, or it was dormant and now it's awakened. Perhaps that's the it, right way to. I, I think it was dormant because. Um, there's sort of, um, I'm trying to remember the name of, uh, sorry, I, I read a brilliant article uh, mm -hmm. by, in The Guardian, by the correspondent in The Guardian, I don't remember his name, sorry, mm -hmm. um, about the misconceptions, where he writes about the common misconceptions about 
the, the Egyptian Revolution. Yeah. And the first is, as we were talking about, that, that the success is measured in, in, in the, the institutions of power, formal institutions of power. Uh, and the second one is that the revolution is uh, just the Tahrir Square, just these protests, because mm-hmm. it's absolutely everywhere. And the third yeah. one is that the Egyptian people has not been defined in resistance uh, throughout uh, modern history, throughout contemporary history, because this is something we were told and all the time by, let's say, the media and so on, is that Egyptians have just been, you know, complacent, uh, you can, you know, hit them on the head and they won't answer and they're lazy and there's no use. People said there's there's no use. But, you know, that's something I've learned after the revolution, that there's been loads of protests, loads of, uh, you know, Hmm. uh, political activity, things I didn't know before. Um, This is one of the big things I was interested in as well. Um, You know, and and it means a lot to hear... The, you know, from from your experience, what you think, you know, here I am, uh, a Portuguese American uh, reporter who's never been to to Egypt, and and here I come, right? I've got my my microphones and my people on the internet that are following me, but but to some extent, who am I, right? And and, and how am I going to do a good job compared to anybody else? And that's something I'm looking for, both internally and, and by communicating with people like you, because. You know, of course, it's easy to go and say, I'm going to bring you the story of a country, but, but how, do you, how do I know, and how does anyone else know, that I can do a good job? And that's kind of something I'm, I'm searching for, the, the things that are not to be missed that perhaps have been, uh, especially by, by foreign media who come in. Um, so, so that's one thing I'm listening for, even now as you speak about, about Egypt and, and how people approach things and the protests and the strikes and the changes. I'm trying to to see what should not be missed <laughs> and mm-hmm. has been missed. <laughs> I don't know if I could teach you uh, that at all. I, I think uh, being sort of in the position where I'm, I'm, I'm a student as well, I'm getting to know my country. Um, I, I think it's I think it's impossible to to describe Egypt. Perhaps it's impossible to describe any country you know well, but I think it's impossible to to, to describe Egypt because it's like a hundred countries in one. You'll find absolutely everything. Uh, it is, uh, and you find perhaps absolutely everything in the same person. The utmost tolerance and the utmost intolerance in the same person, uh, and that it is such a class society that. Uh, me growing up from my social class, I, I, I hate saying it, but from my social class, uh, there are parts of the city I've grown up in that I've never been. I've, I've never ventured in them because that's not a place where perhaps uh, I would ever have anything to do. But now I really want to go. I, I, I really want to go to smaller... I'm from Cairo. Um, I wanted to. I want to go to small villages and talk to uh, perhaps women there that to see how they live because I don't know. I have no idea. Of course, I've read about it, uh, but I have no idea. And so, uh, I, my advice for you, as for me, would be to, you know, get to know somebody that's good, and then let them take you a bit outside of the 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 center of uh, the the big events. I would say. Even though that's very interesting yeah. as well, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I would say get a good friend and and ask them to to take you to the place you know the the, the street where they live, 
and talk to people there. And you find, uh, you find every time I go to Egypt now, uh, you'll find people who the establishment will tell you are simple and uneducated and, and politically unaware, who have much uh, more advanced thoughts and understanding of what's happening in the country than the so-called intellectuals. And then you'll have perhaps uh, their friend, you know, with the same background, who doesn't understand anything and doesn't even care. So it's, it's impossible to generalize. You, you said something great um, the other day, and, and I mean, I don't think either of us wants to talk badly about anybody, but I, I was just, you know, naming some, some older names from the world of, I think, uh, writing and perhaps politics. And you, you jumped a little. You said, uh, that's interesting, more or less, but don't forget that this revolution is of the young people or by the young people. So don't... Don't let the the older. I mean, not to make it about age, but to some extent, you made it about age. It is a bit about age. Um, it is about the. It's not exclusive. I mean, the the, the age thing doesn't exclude. Uh, sorry, exclude the the other groups. But this is. Uh, we call it Thawrat uh, al-Shabab, the revolution of the young, uh, mm. and. It's a, a generation that's younger than I am, uh, that's grown up all their life under the Mubarak rule. Uh, the situation in Egypt changes very much. The Egypt I grew up in uh, is different than the Egypt that, that somebody 10 years younger than me grew up in. Uh, and they are the ones who uh, stood up and finally, after decades and decades and decades of, of oppression and uh, an increasing oppression because this didn't start just from Mubarak in 1981. They stood up and they said it's enough. Of course, it wasn't just the young; the old participated and and the middle aged and so on. But uh, by young, perhaps I don't mean just age. I I mean uh, young, perhaps as as, as new, uh, mm. new ideas, new ways of of, of organizing. Uh, and uh, as I told you as well, there are many of the, the older generations, many of the old writers and, and, and so on, who are 100% with the young and are uh, supporting uh, this movement. We have big politicians, like President, one of the presidential candidates, uh, who who is starting a whole movement, political movement, so that he can, you know, after a few years, just uh, withdraw so that the young take over. Hmm. Uh, and other politicians who, yeah. So I think it's always interesting to talk to somebody who has lived a long time and can give a perspective of, of what has uh, happened. It's very interesting. But the new forms of expression, the new forms of thought, I think are mostly, I don't want to like, like, yeah, exclude, but mostly with, with the young. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll take that advice. Don't be afraid to say it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I do take that advice, and, and, and I do exactly, I hope to do exactly what you're saying. It's not a matter of trying to exclude, uh, because we all love definitely to hear from someone with lots of experience, but yeah. to not be uh, too charmed or, or, you know, caught, what we say in, in the U.S., with like a deer in the headlight, you know, staring yeah. At, at, at someone with a fantastic name and reputation and so forth. That's all very uh, interesting in another way, but uh, I think our goal with this journey was definitely to hear about 
those new ways that you're talking about. And in our case, we're doing it through artists um, or, or people with an artistic mind uh, could also be good. Okay. Uh, just a small comment about that. I mean, uh, perhaps when you're looking at who you're interviewing of, of the more established uh, thinkers and artists and so on, or political figures, perhaps it could be a good idea to then look at the ones who are working with the young. Uh, mm. Who are the ones who are, are sort of sitting in their executive rooms and, or, or in their, their you know, but intellectual, intellectual sit and <laughs> with their own uh, age group or who are the ones who are going into the street and talking to the young. And I would be much more interested in the one talking to the young because... Uh, Egypt, is sort of, it's a culture where you respect the the, the, the elders. Mm -hmm. And now, to be honest, that, I mean, throughout um, throughout the large parts of my life, I've been saying that this is one of the biggest problems that we have in Egypt. We respect uh, our elders too much. And oh. I think that, uh, I hope my father's not listening, of course, but right. <laughs> I think that uh, uh, now... Uh, with the revolutionary young, they, res they will respect the knowledge and the elders sitting there and the and experience and so on. But perhaps they'll say, I disagree, you know, mm. or that's wrong. Or mm -hmm. I don't respect you because you're not, uh, you don't stand for the right things and so on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I see a difference in what you're uh, what you're talking about. I don't know that everyone does. I hope if your father's listening, he, he sees it as well. <laughs> um, you know, the the difference between just respecting your elders and nothing else happening uh, yeah. within this relationship and the other part where you can respect your elders and communicate with them and have a yeah. say and uh, call something out that needs calling out because elders have made mistakes as well the idea is yeah. actually not to repeat those mistakes yeah um, absolutely so so i see what you're saying yeah i just i, I just want to say something uh, on, on a personal note is uh, I have many friends whose uh, parents are, are very worried when they, when, for example, when they want to go and demonstrate and so on, because it has been very dangerous. I mean, people have been risking their lives. Uh, but I don't think I know anybody uh, of senior citizens who has been more uh, excited and just absolutely thrilled with what is happening than my own parents. They, they were called by the Norwegian embassy to to ask if they were evacuated and they were just like no no we love it we love it <laughs> <laughs> so that's the family i come from we we love revolutions <laughs> yeah okay all right well hannah yusuf uh, from a family that loves revolutions uh, i get a lot of good advice and uh, information that I'm going to carry with me. You know, your, your principles, I want to make them sort of my principles, if that's okay. Um, and, and also, like, I want to say thanks for, for having this conversation, which other people who don't know us will, will be listening to. And, and um, I like that you, you're open to doing this. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure.
just some final notes on today's program. Uh, this is one of those things I like so much about podcasting and have since way back, oh, almost eight, nine years ago when this started, is that we can do programs before we get to that destination. So before I do all the programs that are coming up with artists from all over the Arab world, I can sit here and take notes and admit what I don't know and what I do know and learn things together with you, the audience. And that's something, you know, old radio never let us do because you were supposed to be perfect and have it all ready and there were people that would do it for you. Here, it's me, it's you, the audience, it's wonderful guests like Hannah who teach me and prepare me for what it will be a fantastic journey. And I'm glad to have you along for the ride. The website is citizenreporter.org. You can also catch me on Twitter, and I mention that specifically because I will be tweeting from Egypt, from Tunisia, from Lebanon. You can also catch programs on radioopensource.org because I'm going to be working with Christopher Leiden, and we will be putting shows right there for you to listen. I think it's going to be some of our best work, and we're looking forward to bringing it to you. So until next week, the last week before the big journey, I am Mark Fonseca Rendero, and I will see you soon. See ya. See ya. Just let me be.